You're with Sean Jung and Where the Veil Grows Thin, an exploration of the sacred moments of our human experience in life and death, joy and sorrow, birth and end of life. It's the unscripted instant when the heart opens, the face-to-face moments with the divine. I have to tell you that None of this is written down, what I'm about to say. But I really felt like I needed to share a personal story after last week's podcast about resiliency. Um, And that it might help make that connection, I don't know. Anyway, my husband Greg and I have longed to drive around the country. We have talked about it for many, many years during our working life, that it would be one of the things that we would do when we retire. So we are at that place where um, we could do this, and we decided that we would uh, take a road trip and take maybe even up to a month to travel from uh, where we live in Colorado, we were going to go south, almost to Mexico, to visit friends, and then sweep around up through uh, Tucson so I could see a sister that I haven't seen in many years and see where she lives because I've never seen where she lives. And it's very difficult for me to visualize her um, when I have never been there. And then we were going to go to Sequoia National Forest because we tried to go two years ago and we couldn't get there. And so we were going to do that. And then we were just going to meander and, and find our way eventually to, um, the Seattle area and dear friends, um, that live on an island off the coast that we adore and love. And then across um, Idaho and find our way back to Colorado. So it was going to be this wonderful big circle. And we were a week from leaving, and I had worked up until that time. And so on the Friday before the nine days before we were going to leave, Um, And I finished my last commitment uh, uh, to anything. My whole calendar for October was empty. And I was so excited about this trip. And, you know, my husband built a a beautiful platform behind our seats in the car for the dog. And we bought a new dog bed for him because he's going with us on this trip. His name is Toby. And Toby's a, a rescue dog that looks a little bit like a uh, Rottweiler Corgi mix, <laughs> if you can visualize that. Okay, so we're, we're the first weekend, we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to make all these lists of things to do. And we were looking for someone to stay at the house and all, you know, buttoning up the yard from summer to f- winter um, earlier than normal, and we just had all these things to do. And for a couple of weeks, we had both been 
hearing a sound in the house that was a sound that wasn't supposed to be there. Like it's the sound, like there's not water running, but the sound of when there is the sprinkler is on, there's this sound you can hear that tells you that there's water running through somewhere. But no sprinkler, the hoses were disconnected. And so that Monday morning, one week before we were going to leave, which was actually just four days ago, uh, that Monday morning, we both woke up around six and Greg let Toby out. And when he came back to bed, I was going to say, I think we need to go to the crawl space. And he walked into the room and he said, I'm going to the crawl space. There's a crawl space under our bedroom. And he went down there and there was a pipe that was just spewing water. It wasn't completely broken, but it was releasing water and had been for a very long time. So <laughs> in order to get to the water shutoff valve, you have to crawl all the way across under our bedroom from the door in the basement through the mud and the muck and the rocks and whatever else. I would not have done it. So Greg crawls all the way across in the rainstorm under our bedroom and shuts off the water. Now it's about 7 a.m. on Monday morning. And, come, and, and so we're trying to decide what's the next step. And I'm looking for plumbers because we haven't needed a plumber since our dear friend John retired. We have had someone here doing HVAC work, working on our furnace. And so Greg wanted me to text him, but he's trying to retire and I didn't want to text him. So I texted some other friends that have been doing a lot of uh, remodeling on homes and asked them for some recommendations. And then I remembered that about a year ago, over a year ago, maybe 15 months ago, I did a memorial service for um, a dear, dear man who was a plumber. And in the course of trying to put together that service, I had asked for the names of people that knew him well, because I didn't know him well. He was the, the patriarch of the family of a woman who's his daughter, who I adore and love, but, um, and his wife, who I adore and love, but I didn't know him that well. And one of the names they gave me was a young man named Manny, who was his, um, he was doing his apprenticeship with um, this gentleman who died. And I still had him in my phone from when I had his phone number. Of course, I had him in my phone as Manny with the last name of the person who died, so I'd recognize him, but that's not his last name. Anyway, TMI. So I texted Manny and thinking that I would catch him as he drove through the canyon where we live, because I know he lives in Rifle and works in Vale, so he would be going right by here. And it was probably 7.20. I texted him and said, I think, I, I know we need you. I don't know where you, whatever. And and I uh, either left voicemail or texted three other plumbers. And then I remembered that um, I needed to get a hold of somebody to do some restoration work 
down there because it was very wet. There wasn't standing water because where we live in Colorado, the ground takes everything it's given. Um, it does not, it doesn't store water. So the, but the concrete walls of our home, the foundation were wet. The insulation and the framework under our bedroom was wet. And I knew that we couldn't just wait for that to dry out. It wouldn't be smart. So I texted someone we know and um, said, "We, I think we need you. And then I, the text was quite long. And he got back to me immediately. He said, I didn't even read all your all of the text. I just saw that you needed us. And um, tell me what you need. I told him what was happening. He had his crew of two. Um, he has a much bigger crew. But he sent two people out here. They were here at 830 that morning. And they went down and they, were, they went down to the crawl space and they came back and and they were prepared to start right away. And now, four days later, we still have those um, special reclamation fans and things going. I don't know what it is, but they're all going on down there um, under our bedroom. And tomorrow, a gentleman is coming to give us an estimate on replacing all of the insulation that they took out. Anyway... So this is the Monday morning, and I'm thinking, how are we gonna? How are we gonna do all of this? And oh my gosh, we can't go on this trip. This isn't gonna happen in a week's time. We can't get all of this done. So all of Monday was spent kind of in a stress deformation mode. Um, if you listened to last week's podcast, those words were used. And at the end of the day, Greg and I said, "You know, it's it's okay. We're this is okay. We're gonna we're gonna get this figured out, and it's all fine." But in the back of my mind, not out loud, I was thinking, "I don't know. Maybe this is the universe saying you're not supposed to go on this trip." Tuesday morning, we wake up and we are, uh, I'm in the kitchen making breakfast for Greg and I look out the window and I can see the sidewalk that goes from our house to the gate that leads to the driveway and Toby is sitting out there and um, he gets up and turns around to come down the sidewalk and his right front paw is not touching the ground at all. He's holding it up. I'm like, oh, crap. And I go running out there, and he won't put weight on it. But I'm touching his shoulder, and I'm touching his paw, and he's not flinching or pulling away. And I get him to come with me into the house, and he's just hobbling along on three feet. And and Greg has come at that point because I yelled for him. And we, we get him to lay down, and I get a flashlight, and I'm looking in his paw. There's nothing in his paw. And so we, I'm thinking, okay, so he has done something, and I had some tramadol in the cupboard for the dogs, and I said, I'm going to give him a tramadol, and we'll see what happens. Maybe he's just, like, sprained something, and Greg said, I think you should call the vet and make an appointment for tomorrow morning, just in case it is, he isn't better. And so we gave him the tramadol. We kept him as quiet as we could. I was working upstairs on the computer, and about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, he still was no better. He 
was not willing to put any weight on that leg. So I called the vet's office and I said, I, this is, I don't want to wait till tomorrow morning. Can I bring him in today? And they said, yes. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, okay, um, okay, I, I don't know what this is all about, but it's about something and I don't know what it is. And they said, bring him in right now, but we need you to bring him in and leave him because we're not sure when we can get to him. So I took him in. I left him. Um, I carried, when I picked him up to put him in the car, that was the only time, first time that he had made any sort of sound of discomfort, like a grunt and kind of a moan. And I thought, this is not good. I'm that it's just not good. <laughs> I get him to the vet. I get him out. Same thing. I take him in and I leave him. And the vet calls at, I don't know, about five and says, okay, the, not the vet, but the receptionist says, you can come pick Toby up. And I said, okay, great. So I arrived to pick him up and his leg is in a cast. <laughs> and it's not a hard cast. It's a soft cast. And it's yellow, and it has pink pigs all over. It's really cute. And he says um, he broke his elbow, and he's going to need surgery. And this is just to keep it stabilized. I have pushed the x-rays to a surgeon in Carbondale. I don't do that. I need you to go to somebody else. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> and he carries Toby out to the car and puts him in the dog bed, and... I said, I, I don't think we're going to go on our trip. And the vet says, why? I said, well, <laughs> I, because he goes, Toby's going to be fine. You can go on your trip. I said, but Toby's going with us. And he said, Toby can go with you. It's going to be okay. And I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm thinking, no, I, anyway. So I get home and and it's late, and I'm tired, and the uh, the emergency uh, reclamation people are coming every day and checking the numbers under the house, and they're do the house is doing great. It's drying out. Everything's going to be fine that direction, but we don't know when Toby can have his surgery, and now he's got a cast on his leg, and he's pathetic, and I'm a mess, and so we go to bed. Tuesday night and Toby is doing he's just god he's just so stoic you know like a like a dog's are and both of us Greg and I are both thinking I wish he could talk to us I wish he could tell us what happened because we don't have any idea what happened but we have a lot of soccer balls in our yard and a lot of boulders and a lot of places where anything like this could have happened. The soccer balls I mentioned because we kick them and Toby will go get them. He wants you to kick the ball, but he won't bring it back. So usually we kick a ball, we turn around, go finish doing whatever we were doing because he doesn't bring the ball back and we really don't care. And so what I've been telling people is Toby broke his elbow playing soccer because we don't know how he broke his elbow, but he broke his elbow. So uh, yesterday morning, we got up and we we decided, we're not getting out of bed today. We're just going to stay in bed and nothing can happen. Of course, we got up and, and, you know, yeah. I took Toby for a little walk, very slow, 
little walk, helping him go um, slow. And he's hobbling along. He loves to go for walks, so he just doesn't understand why he can't go for a walk. And I, I don't even remember what time it was, but we had a quiet morning, and I said to Greg, it was a beautiful day. We'd had a couple of days of gray weather uh, to Monday and Tuesday when this was happening. Also, the it wasn't sunny. Um, I said, I'm going to the pool because I haven't been to the pool probably in 10 days. I said, I'm going to the pool. I love our hot springs pool. I said, I'm just going to go soak. And I get there, and it's absolutely gorgeous. The day is so beautiful, and it's there's nobody there. There's this special corner in the hot part of the pool that I love to sit in. My friend Joe and I call it the throne, just because you're because it's a corner and there are steps. You're you're um, supported no matter which way you want to face. I just wanted to face the sun and close my eyes and just be. That is a place I go to process. It's a place I go to leave things that aren't mine to carry. It's a place I go to grieve and to leave grief. It's a place I go to leave anger. It's a place. And I always feel like she can take it and... Nobody is contaminated by it. I mean, it's not like I'm to- intoxicating the pool with crud and negative energy. It's a place I can go to put it, and I know nobody else will have to pick it up. So I'm laying there, and I'm thinking, I have my eyes closed, and I'm just floating with my head on the edge of the pool, and my body is just floating. And... I start to sort of shift my perspective on everything that had happened to being like finding those gifts, finding the the seeds of grace in the things that had happened. So it's on Monday. We're still here when we discover the leak. We're getting it fixed. We found someone to stay at the house. Toby's surgery is scheduled tomorrow, so we'll know more tomorrow about how well he's going to travel, what he comes home in. If he comes home in a cast from his toenails to his shoulder like he's in right now, um, it'll make it more difficult to travel. But if he's not in pain, we know he wants to go with us. I called my friends that we were going to visit that we're going to take us south for that first probably almost week that we were going to be traveling was a big loop that goes south and then brings us kind of back where we started from, except west. And we're think we're both thinking, Greg and I both are thinking, we just can't, we can't do this to him for a month. We can't take him on this trip for a month. And our friends totally understood and just want Toby to be okay. And there are some things going on in their lives that weren't going on when we said, when we arranged to come down, that all made it feel like it's not the right time for us to all come down there to have this wonderful reunion, because there's some things going on that they're dealing with as well. Um, and that it's going to be okay, that we, that we can go on this trip and 
those things that happened on Monday and Tuesday weren't necessarily the universe telling us not to go. It was me being tested. (laughs) All the stuff that I talk about, the finding, being in a place of yes and thank you and living in a place of gratitude, those things are so damn easy to do when things are going perfect. But when the pipes break and the dog breaks his leg, there's it, it's really hard. It, you know, for those two days, it was just really hard for me to find it. I wasn't like railing against it. I was just holding space for, okay, what's happening here? There's so many gifts in this, in those two days, so many gifts in my life, just so many gifts in my life. Anyway, you know, we're fortunate in so many ways here. And I just wanted to share this personal story with you because it because it so connects to last week's podcast about resiliency. Um, there was a, a woman that came to a grief group that I did on Zoom during COVID. And there were a lot of people that came every week, 12 people on my screen, and we would meet every Thursday morning. That group is a group that I will write about at some point. Um, it's just newly has ended like three weeks ago, and I'm I'm still not in a uh, place where I feel like I can do it justice writing about it because I miss it. It's It was the right thing to do because I was going to take this whole month off, and it was just time. So, But there was a woman a long time ago during COVID who came to the group, and she used to talk about recalibration. And I love that term of we have to recalibrate sometimes over and over and over again over the course of a day. We have to recalibrate um, what's happening. And... I felt like that's what I was doing on Monday and Tuesday was I just was in this place of recalibration. But yesterday, soaking in the pool, I came to a place of more than that, sort of really and truly turning it all around and seeing the seeds of grace and trusting that it's all okay. It's all going to be okay. So anyway, that's all. I just wanted to share that little personal story with you. Um, again, none of this was written down, and I know I have rambled and uh, uh, paused, but I wanted to share it, and I didn't want to have to write it because so, we're trying to leave. <laughs> um, and by the time this airs, we will be back, I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, you know. That's being attached to outcome, isn't it? That's being attached to the outcome of this trip being that we come back from it, all three of us, me and Greg and Toby. Um, Okay, that's all. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and listening. Uh, This is Sean Jung, and I hope you will join me again where the veil grows thin.